0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 417. And I decided that, you know, we haven't had Martini Giant guys on the podcast for a long time because obviously Martini Giant has spun off into its own podcast. But... We've been discussing a lot of stuff. As you guys don't know what Martini Giant is, it is uh, uh, the second podcast that I run with my good friends Daniel Thrawn and Eric Sheely. And uh, we uh, love to talk about movies. And it used to be on this podcast, and then we spun it off and turned it into another podcast. But over the last several uh, years, we've been talking about technology and how things are going to change for us um, and so I decided oh, we should do uh, a podcast with them. And we're not gonna talk about movies, but we're gonna talk about how technology has affected all of us, and especially something very special that Eric has been making, uh, which I'm very excited about. Uh, Kristen, what did you think of this one? <laughs>
1: this is a very good podcast you guys are all very i love all the different personalities in it um we first get kind of the life and job updates of dan and eric um i forget who disliked sci-fi that was pretty funny too was that dan or eric i don't know eric Um, says he
0: does not like sci-fi which is total bs because we know he does (laughs) love sci-fi he just doesn't like star wars
1: which I love. Um, (laughs) And then you guys kind of just do a super deep dive on AI, um, their views on it. You kind of get into the nitty gritty of it, as I call um, kind of what, art is what qualifies someone as an artist um and ai now is just a different model platform for people to use like it will be around um so what will it be in five to seven years who knows you guys discuss it could create a whole movie it's it's a very interesting podcast i love listening to you guys
0: yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this for a very, very long time. Uh, there's obviously a lot of mixed feelings and controversy about it. Uh, there, Dan is definitely uh, someone who's very pro AI in terms of what it can do, um, and this is coming from an actual from an artist artist as well. So, uh, we've also observed a lot of what uh, uh, Eric Schiller has been doing. Uh, he's been creating these absolutely incredible images, and I'm going to go ahead and put a link to that, the, the the stuff that he's been doing on this podcast page. So make sure and check that out. Uh, but he's been basically recreating uh, memories of his past from the 1970s in Connecticut uh, and creating photographs. They look like photographs of events that happened in the 70s, but they're completely made up in his mind uh, and they're... Uh, based on reality, but it's very, very strange this journey that he's been on and I've been following it for a long time and I just had to start sharing it. Uh, And it also talks about him and he talks about him uh, having Alice Cooper as his neighbor as well, which was oh, also yeah. kind of incredible. Uh, and that's a story he's been trying to talk, tell for a very, very long time. So it was good catching up with those guys. Uh, I see. I talk to them uh, on a daily basis because we do a lot of stuff for Martini Giant. And if you guys, I'm going to start playing. If you guys want to check out Martini Giant, go to uh Check out our podcast there. Uh, and you can get it anywhere else you get your podcast, including YouTube, if you want to watch us on YouTube. Uh, and you should also go to um, uh, our Twitch stream, which is Twitch tv slash martini underscore giant and every Saturday at uh, 3 p.m pacific standard time we have a stream where we do the podcast recording uh, live uh, or if we don't do a podcast recording we do a watch party but it's a lot of fun and so that's it that's all I'm plugging for martini giant uh, but uh, besides that you should guess uh, hopefully that you'll enjoy catching up with uh, Daniel and Eric okay we've got a product announcements coming up uh, chaos.com is where you can get all that the big one here is V- 6 for 3ds max update one has come out lots of new updates there uh, including uh, new masking tools that can be used uh in the vfb for the lens effects and the denoiser and things like that uh v-ray light materials uh, uh post-processing uh, just a lot of usd work that's been done uh, a lot of speed ups have been done in the environment fog as well as uh, 50% less GPU usage on textures. So very smart stuff going on. Definitely check it out. Just go to chaos.com uh, to check out uh, what's new in V-Ray 6 for 3DS Max Update 1. OK, we have one event still going on. Kristen, what's happening?
1: Yeah, so you can find this out at chaos.com slash events. This is the one that's been ongoing since January, and it will actually only has a few more weeks run. It will end March 30th, um, and it is recording, so you can watch of uh, tools and techniques to visualize an eco-friendly home, um, learn how to render an animated virtual tour with Chaos Vantage, and V-Ray 6 for SketchUp. So go to chaos.com slash events to sign up for this and watch the recording.
0: Perfect. Very exciting. And of course, if people want to know more about the podcast, where can they go, Kristen?
1: You can go to facebook.com slash podcast or chaos.com slash garage. And if you'd like to watch us, go to youtube.com slash tv.
0: Perfect. And if you guys have any other ideas or comments on the podcast, feel free to reach out to us. Our email is labs at chaos.com. Again, that is labs at chaos. Okay. We have one last announcement. Unfortunately, Kristen will be leaving us. Not the company. She's going to work on a different part of chaos. And she's very excited and very happy for her. It's a big, big step for her. Big jump. And I'm very excited about all the cool things that she's going to be doing. She's going to be involved in events. Is that correct, Kristen?
1: Yes. I'll Doing lots of the events. So... Come so say hi. <laughs> yeah, so
0: when when there's a big event happening for chaos, whether it's SIGGRAPH or a party or anything like that, Kristen is probably going to be involved, so you can go check, uh, say hi to her there, and you will recognize her voice, as I imagine. But unfortunately, it also means that she's no longer going to be able to help me with the podcast, which is very, very sad. It's going to make my life a living hell, but I will work (laughs) with it uh, because she is such an instrumental part to making sure this goes so smoothly. So I'm going to be, she's going to be sorely missed there. But luckily, she is not leaving Cos; she's just moving to some new and new interesting adventures within the company. All right, so Mm -hmm. congratulations, Kristen, and. Thank you so much for all of your hard work on the podcast.
1: Thank you. I've loved it. It's been so fun. I really love this. Learned a lot, too.
0: (laughs) Great. All right. Well, for now, please enjoy episode number 417 with Daniel Thrawn, Eric Schiele, and myself as the Martini Giant. Welcome to another CG Garage where the Chaos Group talks. You'll know it's over
1: when the last bucket drops We're gonna fire off rays in high dynamic range We know that ambient occlusion
0: is passé Global illumination won't lead you astray And while image-based lighting is really swell you need to make sure everything has for now. All right, guys, this is going to be an interesting one because it's a little crossover between uh, our podcast and then the CG Garage, and sort of catching up with people. But I don't. Some people who haven't necessarily listened to Martini Giant or doesn't know don't know it exists. They should probably go check right. it out. But I figured we'll check in, let people know what you guys are up to because I know you guys are doing a lot that <laughs> has changed a little bit, and we don't always. Maybe people want to know beyond us talking about movies what you guys are up to. Can I just ask a quick question?
2: Yeah. You look so crisp, your your image, and mine right. is blurry. I, I'm like yes. I'm like in a 70s film, like the close-up. Uh-huh. Yeah, you've got it's the sort of vessel, a
3: you know, filter going on there. It's kind of yeah, nice. it's yeah. like yeah. –
0: yeah. I'm using a real camera.
3: As so am background. I. Camera camera. A camera camera. The camera camera. Yeah.
0: What are you using as a camera, Eric? I don't know. Some little thing that says Logitech. Okay. (laughs) There you go. Mine says Sony. So there you go. Maybe that's a little different. Anyway, uh, Eric, let's start with you since you started going. What what you what have you been up to? I know you've you know you've sort of started doing a lot of interesting jobs here and there, including some personal projects, which I also want to get into. But what? How has things changed for you since the pandemic and and sort of doing the things you're doing? That's a very interesting question. Um, What has happened? Well when
2: the pandemic happened, I, you know, we sold our house. We moved. We, our daughter wanted to go to school with her cousins. And so we moved to Orlando for her high school years. So right. that was huge. And, you know, but the pandemic, I was like, screw it. And my daughter is happy. She's totally happy. So it's great. But it's weird. Like, because I have a studio now, which is high ceilings. It's my own studio with like, my computers, my work, it's, um, strangely, because it's remote, I'm getting more work. I guess, you know, it goes back to that theory my brother used to tell me when I was, like, 14. It's like, you know, you're like aspirin no more than four times a day. So it, I think the fact that remote is probably the best things for the aspirin-type people like me. So... Uh, <laughs> But it's great. But you're also
0: getting jobs from people from all over the world, right?
2: Yeah, I just did a job, an Unreal job. I designed and built this whole thing in Unreal for a company in Tokyo. And I did that for like five, six weeks. And that was great. I did the whole thing myself. I tracked in Blender, if you can believe that. And uh, it was fun. And it was just me. And it was great. And now I'm working for uh, Impossible Objects right now, doing Unreal work for them.
0: Right. That's also interesting. Really nice guy. Now you've, you've, you've sort of done the gamut of, of, of new and pushing technology stuff. And we're going to get to the AI stuff. Uh, definitely going to do that, but you were doing stuff with NFTs for a while. You're doing a lot. I of was, stuff I unreal. worked at a
2: company when I moved here, I was still writing. Um, and then I got a job, uh, working with all these great guys at, uh, Place called Infinite, it was Dream View and it became Infinite World. So I was designing NFTs, doing Look Dev for NFTs. And I did that for a year and a half, a year and three quarters. And the company went out of business in November. So, okay. but that was really great. And that was basically taking all my skills and just wrapping it up, you know, learning. I, I you know, I do a lot of substance designer and substance work and Unreal and just kind of porting my skill set over to that just to keep work going. Yeah. And I think with the pandemic, I think the unre- I think the remote is actually probably really good for certain artists who can just I can dive rabbit hole and be working 12 hours, so there's value there rather than having to drive to Venice and you know uh, hearing people talk about Star Wars all day. No offense
0: <laughs> No offense, but- Dan.
2: I'm not a sci fi guy. So, you know, that kind you of stuff. You
0: always say you're not a sci fi guy. I'm not a sci fi let's, guy. But let's be real. You'd love sci fi because we've named numerous sci fi films that you adore. Because they're great.
2: <laughs> I don't consider them sci fi. I just, well, okay. But yes, we 2001 can do this.
0: is not sci fi. <laughs> well,
2: it's, it's, it's a masterpiece. So that's different. But I'm not a Star Trek kind of guy. I'm not that's a trek-y. The <laughs> I don't Star Trek thing. Star Trek or Star Wars? Worlds. Uh you know I like, All you're saying
3: is that you have taste and discernment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's uh I
3: mean Even this is stuff like that uh,
2: Doctor Who I was like oh, what God, yeah, no, god's no, no. name is this like there's a
3: lot of stuff I like about that kind of material like about corny. The thing is like the, the the issue really is that when uh you talk to someone and say like I love sci-fi and I say it proudly yeah. I love sci-fi what I'm really telling you is I have terrible taste. I have te- don't trust me in sci-fi because I will like it anyway. No, because when you're, it's bad. you're responding to the stories.
2: <laughs> you're responding. No, that's to not
3: the- that's not true. Like I'm I'm agreeing with you 100. Like I will watch absolute trash sci-fi because the the vibe of science fiction is entertaining to me regardless. Or I'll watch. I, I'm my tolerance for Star Wars is way lower. But like you know, like I'll watch stuff that I know it's like the acting is not good. This is really Cornwall. This is blah blah blah. But I like the vibe because I like. You know, starships and lasers and blah blah blah. So I'm easy going on it. It's fine. It makes it very difficult for me to be trustable in a situation when I've already told you I like green slime from 1960, so and so, and then yes. I say also see uh, under the skin. You're like, mm, I don't know. Under the, the skin, skin is <laughs> beautiful film. <laughs> under it. Okay. All
0: right. Incredible. All right. So so just sorry. I'm. This is this is turning into a martini giant episode, which I knew it would. But here's what it is. By that logic, Eric says he doesn't like sci-fi, he doesn't like Star Wars. And then he say you like good sci-fi and you don't like trash, which by logic means Star Wars is trash. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Largely Star Wars is trash, I think that sounds
0: right. It's true. Okay. Anyway, very interesting. But uh, but anyway, Eric, uh, you've been doing some really cool work. I want to get into the other one, but let's touch base with Daniel real quick. So you've, you you were doing a lot of matte painting, which is uh, something that you uh, are well-known for, uh, but also you started to deviate from that more recently. What's going on?
3: Uh, I had uh, – well, yeah. I mean, as – like I'm definitely on the aspirin route with Eric. Like, you know, being <laughs> – working from home is a thousand percent better for everybody involved because like I, uh, I think primarily because like when Eric says, like, you know, like, I don't have to listen to the guy that talks about Star Wars. I may not talk about star. I actually, I do talk about Star Wars all the time. I talk about how much <laughs> I annoyed by Star Wars and I'll do it for eight hours straight at work. And it slows me down. Whereas like if I'm alone in my tiny closet and having to work, it turns out I get a whole bunch of stuff done. <laughs> so the people I'm working for are happier. I'm happier. And I can just mumble to myself about George Lucas and nobody cares. And, you know, like, I mean, I'll still email Eric about it constantly, just uh, simulated for him. <laughs> no. But yeah, no, it was like, I, I think that, uh, that I, I, I hit a, like a, I hit a point, um, artistically, uh, that, I felt like I really needed to change up how I was thinking about my life and what I was doing and, um, like how I was making money and what are the things I really want to accomplish. And so I've been trying to, um, switch things around. And, uh, so I've, I gotten back into, uh, I gotten sort of out of the VFX game for the time being, I'm uh, more into the uh, video game scene and writing for video games again, which I did a long time ago. Um, and that's been very satisfying and sort of flexing those muscles and, uh, it's allowed me to, uh, sort of fall back in love with the aspects of the effects that I do love because I can, I can uh, apply them to the projects I'm working on, the films that I'm making that are mine as opposed to, you know, you know, God bless Michael Mm -hmm. Bay, but you know, like I'm not just painting rocks for Michael Bay, you know? (laughs) I've so, never heard uh, God bless that. Would Michael be a great Bay name in my life, but that's, that's okay. So that would be a great name for an, for an indie
2: band, Painting Rocks from Michael Bay. Painting <laughs> Rocks from Michael Bay. Exactly. Tonight, so yeah, UCLA. It's, it.
3: it's been a uh, it's been a um, philosophical shift for me, and a um, uh, artistic shift. And I have to say, my happiness universally um, has increased greatly, and my sort of stability emotionally has increased greatly since. Um, since decided to do that,
0: that's great. That is that is great. I think it's also somewhat ironic the fact that you know Eric moved to Florida. You you're all the way out in BFE. Mars. Mars, right? <laughs> you're you're way out there on the outskirts of Los Angeles. Right. I'm out. Uh, I'm in. I'm in. It, it, if it, anyone it knows t- where that is, <clears throat> <laughs> so,
3: so it's way, way out there. It's like free up. mug, CG <laughs> garage. I think,
0: and and you know, I'm in. I'm obviously in the, in the Burbank area, as you guys know. But the fact is that even though that has all happened, we talk to each other on a daily basis, yeah. almost all the time. We're chatting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I think the thing that I, uh, you know, that we were, we've been doing is we've been exploring as a group, just some ideas, creative ideas, uh, a lot, uh, uh just the, the three of us, because we're, I think we're both very, we're all very creative. Um, and, uh, and we're also sort of leveraging some of this changes in technology and how that's going to affect our creativity to, for the best, right? We're saying it's like, okay, how can we take advantage of this new technology and what is it going to do to our creativity? Because I think Martini Giant in itself is starting to, to grow a little bit beyond the podcast uh, in a lot of ways and sort of looking at, uh, at how we can do other interesting things as a group together and sort of leverage each other's uh, strengths, uh, which I think is kind of fun. So, um, lots of things happening, which is exciting, Um, and I'm excited to sort of talk about what those things are going to be. Some of them we'll talk about today, and some of them we'll talk about at some other point. Um, But uh, the other thing I want to ask you guys is, uh, what is your thoughts about how things have changed? I mean, Eric, you've noticed a lot of changes, you know, let's, you know, go back to the quote-unquote old days when you'd go to an office and you'd be working on shots, Right. Those days are different now. How how would you say the industry is changing? What's 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 the things that you're most looking forward to? Well, <clears throat> that's a good
2: question. I I enjoyed some of the the camaraderie. I did, and meaning you know we gained friendships all of us. But I um, you know that that model of just showing up at DD and, and doing your work it, I, I didn't think it was going to last because everything's just you know, the more things were shipped away, it, it just fragmented the people. But I think
0: um, the question you asked me was, how do I think it's changed or am I? How do you think it's, you know, what it was changed so far and where do you think it's going and what are the things you're looking forward to? Like, it's I not just think, I working think from effects, home, but it's also like yeah, technology. And I think
2: visual effects started a lot of these really brilliant guys in rooms with computers. I think in 5 years it's just going to be a fraction of the people today just doing the effects it's going to, it's just going right back into the elite group of ai or you know programmers and doing that work mm-hmm. i don't i don't think there's just the way stuff has moved so fast particularly in the past year uh it's it just seems like to me that it's going to go that way i'm not saying we're going to get rid of all the artists, but it's certainly going to whittle down to, to really elite teams and probably possibly elite teams just working remotely, which right. is going to affect a lot of people Want to get into the business because they're going to say, well, I kind of want to work with the team. So they'll go work somewhere else. Not like when we did it. I mean, when we started, uh, it was just a whole new world. It was exciting.
0: Or I still yeah, think this whole we world also, now
2: is exciting,
0: but don't you also think, Eric, that it wasn't necessarily super efficient back, way back in the day? I mean, Eric, we would you remember on you and I were on stealth together, and we'd have to go and stay at work for fourteen hours a day, seven days a week. Yes. And we weren't actually always working; we were sitting there waiting for things to happen so we could start working because the pipeline was always backed up. Yeah you know, and that's a lot of waste of time.
2: Yeah. Well, we don't have that now, but I don't think I could do that now, but I still think there's a shelf life on this for, at least for me, but I haven't decided. I got to figure, you know, I could be working at Starbucks, but it's fine. I mean, I guess it's, um, I mean, I did leave it like a few years ago to write and develop something and that didn't pan out, but then I just continued with, you know, the, the graphic novel I'm working on, but it's definitely, um, you know, you want to have new challenges. I definitely don't see a future. Like I said, I think it's going to be programmers and I know that that's not going to be, uh, my, my world, but the AI stuff is so mind blowing right now that, uh, it's kind of refreshing to see, but it's definitely I, going to change a lot. Yeah. of People's
0: minds. It's, it's insane. <laughs> For sure. And I want to get into some of the AI stuff as well. Um and what are what are your thoughts, Daniel, about uh about how things are changing and how they used to be and how they're different going well, now and where they're going.
3: Yeah, like when I get when I got into I get into the VFX uh, biz around two thousand and six or so. Right. And uh that was the that was the tail end of the glory days of like the uh, the digital domain experience so i got yeah. i got like a little hint of that but it, uh, shortly there it's like the model shop went away and you know everything was just like it was slowly starting to evaporate we didn't realize how fast it was evaporating but it was within you know about six years it would have completely gone right and uh and it was and that like all this is sort of interrelated right it's like that all went away because um the kinds of movies that were starting to be made demanded enormous amount of shots which means that costs had to be lower per shot which meant they had to be farmed out to cheaper areas to of the world to get shots made and that sort of was the first destroys the vfx wave right and uh and uh the industry got into making lots and lots of superhero films etc as everyone knows and now we're at the tail end of that Right. And I feel like, uh, cause the enthusiasm for superhero films, oh, uh, it doesn't it stop with like me. It's, it's so awesome. Yeah. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's flagging, right? Interest is flagging, mm-hmm. uh, and which means demand for other stuff is going to go up, right? Um, and it's, I've heard it
0: referred to on, uh, on The Verge as Marvel fatigue. Marvel
3: fatigue, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's totally and there's, there's plenty of reasons for that. I mean, like, there's, like, you know, on the podcast, we've talked about, like, there's plenty of good Marvel films, but I wouldn't be able oh, to yeah, tell absolutely. the difference between a good and bad one right now. I'm so, I'm so burnt out on them, you know? So they could release a great one, and I would still be like, I'm all set, thanks. I'm all set, thanks. Um, and, set, thanks. Uh, and so, but it's interesting that it happens to intersect with um, a moment where, like, as Eric brings up with AI and a lot of other things like the industry of making movies not just vfx is uh is about i think to change pretty radically yeah and um and and this goes for streaming as well as as traditional hollywood stuff right and uh i think that has to do with um uh the collapse of the this because the system invested so thoroughly in giant expensive uh, you know, $300 million blockbusters that have to recoup their, et cetera. Then we get hit by COVID and that doesn't work anymore. And the whole uh, watching uh, the how we watch things has changed. All these weird, perfect storm elements come in um, and sort of force people into a corner of like, like, what is it that I really want to be seeing? And also, what is it that I really want to be making as an artist? You know, if you're in VFX or if you're a filmmaker. How easy is that to do now? And then here comes AI going, it's so much easier than you thought it was, you know? And, uh, and so I can't imagine any of the stuff that we're used to, um, whether it's how VFX works or how the studio system works or how the streaming system works being true in five years. I think it's all, all going to change radically. And it makes me think of like when Coppola, Said the thing about like, you know, now the cameras are so small and portable and all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, some little girl in Illinois will be able to remember that, movie, right? And his wife's yep. film. Yep. And, uh, and like, I, I think there's two interesting things about it. One is that uh, like, he is right. Like now things are literally, you can make, you can make us a, 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 a full scale release movie with your phone. And before we even get into AI, right. And, um, everything is available to you instantly. Like the effects can be done by small boutique groups that do an incredibly good job. Things are more deliverable to niche interest, niche interest groups of people. So if you want to make your super weird indie sci-fi thing, there's an audience for it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but it still comes down to he, he was surprised. And I think later was surprised, like not too many little kids in Illinois, even though they had the tiny new camera, went out. It's not like you got flooded with a zillion new movies. Like you didn't like, there's a limited number of driven artists in the world. And also like, all the people, medium change. So everything spread out. Right. Exactly. And so like the, uh, like you're going to like, I think that like what Eric said is true. It's just sort of like it as a vast mechanism You know a massive industry uh that employs tens of thousands of people i don't think that's going to be true like in Mm. in any step of it i think that's all gone i mean in, in in one way it's sort of like saying you know how many it's sort of like everyone's worried about what like say if they came up with some amazing new car they could fuel itself and fix itself and blah 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 blah. Like what how many drivers would there be left in the world? The people that really love to drive would keep on driving and then pet boys people would be out of business. And so we're losing all the pet boys. <laughs> like all the all the all the middlemen of every level don't really have work anymore coming this way. And it's really just going to come down to people that want to do the make the art. Yeah. Okay. Uh But let's, let's talk about this because this has come up a
0: lot, obviously, and we have had many discussion on this. So I, uh, but uh, I don't want to start in the middle of the conversation that we've already had, because I want people to have some back, sure. uh some, 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 you know, understanding of what we're doing. We have been discussing the issue of the backlash in AI quite a bit mm-hmm. in terms of the reaction towards it. What are one, first of all, Explain why you think that backlash is either one of you
3: doesn't matter. Explain Dan why you guys well. think that
0: backlash is happening and what, how
3: how to deal with it. Well, I'll I'll, I'll take first whack at this because I, I first of all I want to point out that like one of the great, uh, like one of the great artists uh, with AI that I have yet seen is Eric. <laughs> so like, he is. This is yeah like I, is uh, one of the best I've ever seen. It's really his. Your work is incredibly startling and consistently beautiful, and uh, has a um, I'm has very a uniqueness by that. to I don't it. Get that all the incredible, time, honestly. Yeah. That it's really kind of it's beautiful work. It's incredible work, and it's uh, it's what proves you know, my theory to me, which is like, I know everyone's super upset, and I totally respect that because, like, like I said, I you know, the cloud painters of the world the rock painters of the world for Michael Bay that that's not a job anymore. You know, like that, that shit's gone. Um, and, uh, so all that, all those kind of middleman positions that can be done by machines are going to be done by by machines. And I have to find something else to do with my life. Yeah. Uh, so I completely get that. And, um, but in terms of reacting to this as an artist, right. Um, I think it's a mistake to think that, AI is an artist itself. And we tend to talk about it like that. Like, it's going to take our jobs as artists. Like, it can't. It literally cannot. And the reason why I think that is because, and I have use this example on Martini Giant a million times, it's like, if you took random dude out of a line at Walmart and gave him AI tools, and you got Eric Shealy, and in the morning, you say, use AI to give me one uh, image the most beautiful thing the best thing that you can make right at the end of the day the dude from Walmart's going to give me you know kim kardashian riding a dolphin w- with her hair made out of harmonicas and uh, and eric's going to give me something really beautiful and meaningful and that's because you are the the end user of that tool is the one who decides what is put out by it and we're only going to have ever more. And Eric proves this because the work is so consistent. It, like it all looks up part of a piece. Like it's only going to get more controllable. Uh, and so you will, re- people will refine this into like, I just want to correct that eyebrow. And they'll type, maybe type in text or maybe select it and say, like, change that into like a little bit longer. Yeah. And, re- and just move them up apart. And you'll sculpt it by talking to the computer. You're the artist that's making it happen. And if you don't think that that's being an artist, then I would say you probably don't think that Stanley Kubrick's an artist. Because Stanley Kubrick didn't act in The Shining. He didn't um, write the music for The Shining. He didn't, he didn't do the set dressing. He didn't do the set dressing. <laughs> like yeah. He didn't do anything for he The Shining. He wasn't a cinematographer. <laughs> yeah, except he had a vision of what it was supposed to be. And he got people to execute it together with him. Um, and that's to me being an artist with the tools you have available. And this fits neatly into that. Like you, Eric's work, um, is unlike anything I've ever seen. And, uh, and that is a path to, um, how this tool will be used by real. like a I literally just
2: posted the work or some of it today for the first time on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Cause I've been keeping it secret, but then I was like, screw it. I'm just going to do it. And well, so I did it and I'm starting to like again, these well I've never gotten a lot of LinkedIn hits all of a sudden I'm getting some LinkedIn hits which is yeah. nice.
0: Right. So uh and I I'd, I'd like to use this podcast to get people more aware of it and see what you're doing. Um I don't well let's just jump into it cuz you already opened the subject but I do want to circle back about some more stuff about uh about AI yeah, and as we go. But Eric, since we're on the subject, how much how, I know a lot, but tell me as much as you're comfortable as the audience knowing since you've already started putting things up online. tell us a little bit verbally <laughs> what you're doing and what what how is it different than what other people are doing uh well, I appreciate
2: the the kind words both of you uh basically the story is is that can I go back to a couple of years yeah yeah i, I you know I've always was working for directors and i I probably wrote about with old partners, I wrote over 11 scripts, but nothing went anywhere. And Hollywood just beat the shit out of me. Sorry, French. And I was to this one guy, this is my best idea. And he joined me on the journey to try to make it into a television show. But we got so beat up um, from 19, 2019, 2018, 19, and through the pandemic that uh, I mean, I haven't talked to him in eight months. Uh, God bless him, he's a great guy. I just, everyone just gets back into their world, but I couldn't, I, for me knowing the tools that I do and sitting at, you know, major studios, like, you know, Endeavor or CAA and trying to pitch this and no one getting it. I feel like, you know, for a lot of artists, that's probably like, why, why are people controlling your future? Um, so I if started, I'm, you know, cooking man on um, basically a graphic novel. Cause I, I did a pitch deck, which was very much, and this was a story that happened, something happened to me as a child and it's just always with me. And it just was uh, incredible. And so I'm turning that kind of experience and my perception, my basically what happened. And a lot of it is also, um, you know, I think I've mentioned it before, but maybe not. But when I was a young child, um, we moved to Connecticut from New York. And when we moved in, it was, a, it was in uh, up, not upstate, it's Fairfield County, Greenwich, Connecticut. And we had a housekeeper that worked for us. And next door was an old 100-year-old estate. And the Alice Cooper band lived there. And those guys lived there. They wrote, like, no more Mr. Nice Guy there, everything. And she would take me over there. And it, had, it was like 40,000 square feet. It was just magical and I would just, it was literally our next door neighbor and we could hear the music all day and night and we would go over, I would go over there and just watch them play and feed the snake. And so I turned that into a story and then somebody I know knows Shep. And so then I ended up meeting Shep and having breakfast with him. And I, and Alice came and they loved it years
0: ago. This is, yeah, it was like
2: three years ago. And so we try to get the thing going. But then COVID hit too. So I'm just making the book. And, uh, but part of the journey for me was that I've always had this thing where it was you chose to always try to recreate uh, things that you remember. And I'm finding that as I'm writing, I'll go to Mid Journey and I'll start prompting and essentially, kind of building out what I'm writing or seeing. And it's an incredible tool. And I wasn't doing it to be like, copy an artist. The interesting thing is that I was talking about somebody with this. I don't e- reference artists, even though I you know, was a painter, an art history undergrad, and then for film design for graduate school. I, I know a lot of artists. I don't reference artists. I just re- reference time period and people and uh, clothing and nuances from that time period from 1971. And it's just incredible stuff. Some looks like catalog, some doesn't. But it's an incredible tool set as an artist because it's just like you control it. And all of a sudden, what you think and the taste you have can come through. It's not perfect, but it's been such a mind-blowing. You've seen a lot of my images. So today I posted it for the first time I started. I have like over 9,000 images, which is, yes, that's 9 a rabbit hole. 9,000 images. And you've done that
0: in like, what, since December four months?
2: No, but for me, it's just I'll take sections of the script, like the research I have at the band, and they were an extraordinary band. They lived there like three and a half, four years. They and they did uh, schools out there, and they did uh, billion dollar babies there. And it was just like you know, when you're five and a half, six years old, and you know, feeding a mouse with Alice to a snake, it was it was like it stuck with me and forever. I mean, in my in college, I'd wake up like with dreams from that. And I just, for me, I haven't given up until at least as I've told you guys, I just getting that book, even if nobody publishes it, just finishing it with all my personal artwork. And it's very much like Ralph Steadman, where he just has his own style and he's just creating a world. And, uh, I want to do it because it was just for me to stick, for it to stick in my head since 1971, 72, 73, 74, 74 like, it was the most magical thing and it's been never ending. Honestly, I don't know why it sounds obsessive, but I just feel like if I do this, uh, you know, you get your voice out and it's not a sentimental thing. I feel like, well, maybe it's nostalgia, but I, I feel like, um, as I say in the opening, you guys will get the script in two weeks, the new script, but it's like, you know, when you see a fire as a child, and like the em- or M person and you see the embers go and then just fade out. And I feel like I saw something and it faded out, but I want to record it before I fade out. And, it, and then with the tools that we know and with AI, for some reason, if you guys go to my website, this is not a promo. I'm not a big self promo guy. Maybe that's my problem, but I, um, I, these characters that I'm creating are a mix of people my parents were friends with or we knew or experiences. And so I'm giving them names. It's so strange. Like, oh, that's Mrs. Clothdale. Da, da, da. Just made up names. Characters, so yeah. if you go oh. to it and I even, some people are going to, I don't know if you saw it, Dan, but I did the fake camera in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that. It. So good. I totally so good. made it. I knew Chris was going to yeah. say, that's not a real camera. Yeah. So good. I didn't say that. But- <laughs> But I had this feeling when I was writing it, because I totally pulled it out of my behind. I was like, Chris is going to say, there's no such thing as a, a full, semi-half-medium. What was it? What did I say? A semi-full, <laughs> a semi-full medium camera, format camera. <laughs>
3: that's right.
2: Right? With a dual distant focus. It's like, that's <laughs> not real, is it? But
3: that's, a, that's a the thing, kind of exactly. thing. Quarter 30th.
2: <laughs> so it's in reality, though, it, it does the imagery of... There's a surreal otherworldly to this, but it's also that was kind of like Alice's thing. But, you know, for these years, I haven't talked about it. I've just been doing it. But it's been AI has opened up something. And I understand that there's so many artists out there saying, I learned this craft and now it's gone. And I I get it. You know, I was struggling with VFX and, you know, that's going to be gone. I just have to keep moving forward.
0: And- before before we get into that cuz I do want to get back to that but I want to I want to hold on to what you've actually created because the way that it's it's so fascinating to me is that you you have a okay psychologically you have something you need to get out right you have to tell the story you have to do something and you've lost part of it because you don't have pictures of everything part of it's all in memories right and I recreated
2: and- the house cuz it burned down uh right. I recreated the house in 3D and I've basically recreated you know, everything according to the band's timeline and all the different people. But you've
0: been training, you've been using the three of the house you've done to train the AI to recognize. I've been basically
2: feeding in images of what I do too, is that because it's so long ago, I mean, I've done stuff where I found a book at the national in Washington, the U U U U U S archives, because the house was built by Clyde Fitch, who was a famous, 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 um, uh, playwright one of the most famous of his time in 1901 and that was the house next door and uh he so the original blueprints are in the national archives (laughs) so i you know went there but then i found old photos of it but they were angled and there's i found an old book called my you know my life with clive fitch and it was basically um I would have to take that, straighten it, colorize it through AI, and then through the colorization, blow it up through AI, and then take that and bring it into F-Spy, and then, uh, figure out the camera, and then rebuild from there. I mean, just, this, this stu- it's crazy. If you think about it, how much I've done, but I've done that to photos, just colorizing, up resin, um, even photos of people who were roadies for the band, you know, like, done that or parties from the twenties. I found in old magazines. Um It's a total, because I was a, trained as a production designer, I guess the historical aspect and the um it's easy for me to go rabbit holes and just, I have, I have about two terabytes of data of just pure research, everything from tickets that the band, you know, cause I'll go online and I'll rip it and enlarge it, scale it blah, 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 through AI, like all the different types of tickets from the shows, everything. It's crazy. But
0: but you're using this you're using AI to recreate memories.
2: That I'm doing. Yeah, and it's not totally there, but it's pretty wild because I'll take pictures I have of the street and then the house that um you know, it burned down and um uh, but I'll do that and then bring it in and try to merge a, a lot it it was really crap in the beginning, but all of a sudden I think by like end of January, February, I started really getting the swing of uh, prompts and my prompts though were different because sometimes I'll put in, you know, let's run away and fall in love. It's like, what? And then somehow I just get these strange things, but yeah. I think it's, I kind of look at myself who uh, an artist that I idolized as a kid, besides Eric Fischel, uh painter was Robert Rauschenberg. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of took images and, you know, had them all around and then merged them and created and twisted and threw them away and spray painted. And somehow out of all of that, there was a memory and there was magic and you got a sense and a tragedy and everything. And it was, that's kind of the way I look at AI, not to rip off somebody's style, just to kind of, kind of clean the pipes in a way. I don't know. It's a weird, strange thing. And, and the fact that these pictures are starting to resemble more and more. It's really, it's, um, it's a new thing, but I, it, I find it really beautiful and I don't know if it, I can't say it's a death art, but it's definitely the next phase. There's something okay. about it that's quite magical uh, and has made me think, well, you know, it's not going to, visual effects is going to be something like that. I, and now that with Google with the video, it's crazy.
0: Well, the other thing I think that uh, Daniel and I will will note, and uh, is that you are one of the most prolific people we know. And this is yeah, before I was going to say
3: that you know, it may be a shock to people that uh, Eric's produced nine thousand things with this, but like before AI, he still would have produced nine thousand things. <laughs> well, n-
0: not exactly. He would have no, produced I'm a thousand. Exactly. He would yes, have exactly. produced
3: exactly. a thousand things, but he, he would have
0: exactly been frustrated to- that he didn't have enough time yes. to make nine thousand things, yes. Yes. and now he can. not
3: <laughs> yes it's very true he is a he is an extremely committed uh talent I was yeah.
2: not like that though, yeah, I was not like that as a young man i wasn't and i was you know I had wonderful experiences in my life, but i wasn't like that, but I ran into people that really made an impression on me and um about their commitment to art, and one of them was a guy I have one of his paintings, a guy named Vincent Desiderio who's was a very famous painter uh mm-hmm. Today, I think Kanye stole his painting for one of his videos, but that's how everybody kind of, but his, I worked in a gallery in Soho in the late 80s, early 90s. And he would come in with a sketchbook and just hearing him talk about his commitment to his craft was like, it felt like a million miles from me. And I guess it took me getting older. And I actually feel like working in visual effects gave me a lot of that commitment too, because you just have to focus and move. And that's why it was just, it meant so much to me getting into DD. Thanks to you, Chris. And, um, you know, but it, wa well, I wasn't like that. So now it's not catch up. I just feel like, uh, you know, you, you have, you have, this is your lane and this is what you do and you just have to commit, you know, like every day you have to commit to it. Uh, and it hasn't been easy guys, <laughs> it, you know, it has not been easy.
0: No, but, I, 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 you know, because because we've done Martini Giant together for so long, and we're very familiar with the, the the struggles and and how hard it's been for you to be able to get through what you're doing. But I do find it wonderful that you found a way to to start to 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 exercise this and to get it out there. And uh, obviously, Daniel and I are also committed to helping you in that process. That's of I know, of one of the and things we've I noticed. just one thing. I think the thing,
2: and it's very. Thank you for having me and, and talking. I didn't. I totally forgot we had this tonight. I and you said riverside i was like what's riverside I was, <laughs> I was like oh we have a podcast um but the, the the one thing that for me with the project when i did cuz it was like you know what i just want to get this off my chest and it still has legs in my mind is that um you do it because i it's like really the first thing i did because i wanted to do it and because i moved and my daughters at school and i work down here i'm not thinking now of, you know, how will it sell? I just think I, I need to just say this. Right. And that has been the big shift since, you know, even meeting with Shep and Alice, which was, they're some amazing guys. Um, And they actually got it. Shep got it. He was like, Oh my God, this is so odd, but it's very much like him. He's like really bizarre. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, it's a very strange thing, but it's Alice. It's great. And we talked about the old house and stuff, but I definitely, um if you don't want to sell something don't try to make it to sell and I did so much of that to try to fit in a mold I you don't fit in a mold you just do what you think you should do and that's one of the big things I would tell anybody because I made so many mistakes that way and we can't take back time share can turn back time but not me but um yeah, she that's, that's what I wanted to say is that
0: uh, it <laughs> she definitely. I think Sharon you, has stopped time. She has stopped yes. time and she
2: is <laughs> she wonderful. Stopped. But the thing is, uh, just what I'm saying is not a lecture, is that you want to just build for yourself. And this project was pretty much the first time. I was just doing things, what would sell, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, I did a surfing movie for kids. It's like, First of all, I don't surf because I don't like going in the ocean, you know? And yet somehow I did it. And um, just do what you, you feel you should do and not what, you know. I think that the pandemic helped that way. If I stop talking, it just put okay. people alone to reflect and to feel like what they should be doing in life. And life is very finite.
0: Uh, Dan, what, is it, what are your thoughts generally speaking about some of the obviously there's some people who are very much against the use of AI we're we're looking at at eric as a, as a, as this beautiful example of of incredible things that are coming that are help, helping him and doing a bunch of things and they're using the the very tools that people are so angry about what yep. are your what are your thoughts about the that i mean not not just Obviously, they're worried about their their jobs, et cetera. But also, they think that there's something unethical about AI. Right. What are your thoughts about the ethics of it?
3: <laughs> uh, like, I like, yeah, we we like, uh, I have uh, I have a very close friend who's very, uh, you know, their world was very upset by this. Um, we both know someone who's very, very, very mad about this thing. Um, and uh, and like, I like, I have to take the like, have to take the what they're saying about how they're feeling at face value. Like they're like, it's legitimate to feel this way in that like they're scared and they're angry and, um, and uh, they want to have a voice for this somehow. And, you know, you like stop being afraid. However, like by stopping whatever this thing is. um, And, uh, and so the ethical uh, debate comes up. And I think that, uh like part of this comes up because of the way and I think that like I think there's some there's some merit to this in terms of I think that the people that made uh, these initial AI uh weren't thinking about how people especially artists would receive the uh, you know finding out that their work uh, and just stuff at large whatever was being put into a data set uh without their um without, without their being asked or anything like this or and like i think that that's that's totally legitimate to be mad about like i think that they they should have i, I think if they would have asked anybody uh any artist at all they would have realized they were gonna uh run up against some um uh, real issues with this the reason why i think they you know to give them all the credit in the world the programmers like I think the reason why they didn't feel, you know, like this is an issue is because they're looking at it from a totally technological angle. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you like I I can't say I know the tech super well, but I think I understand it better than most of the people that are mad about it. And uh that uh it's a it's a pretty hard argument to make to me that this is ripping people off in the way that we mean ripping people off like uh, because uh it is it like it's it's training on imagery for sure and it's using uh what it learns about what say a glass looks like or what people think the sky is and stuff like this so it can refine its sort of denoising algorithm to present you with an image um but i think a lot of people think of it as like a cut and paste affair you know like. It's just taking somebody else's painting and then repurposing it slightly and then spitting it out. Uh, and that's not what's happening at all. That what you can do with it is you can tell it to make art that looks like somebody else's art and it can replicate it. Almost exactly now uh, that and set so, like, you know, like that, that's closer to actually ripping someone off. Right. And I hate to tell everybody. Uh, you can do that anyway, without AI, (laughs) like, like that's something that, that people have done for the entire history of art. Um, and, uh, it is the responsibility of the artist to not do that. Um, and to even try to recognize when you are unconsciously doing this, because like you get, you're influenced constantly as an artist. I'm like, I'm influenced constantly. I'm always looking at an, the only an, way to be an um, artist. Like, this is how I learned to be an artist was exposing myself to, and as much art of all kinds as I possibly could. Mm. And, uh, you know, when I was training to be an illustrator, like it was just copying artists. I liked until I burnt them the, um, the technique into my, uh, into my hand into that my, my physical ner- nerve pathways knew how to do that stuff now. Um, and, uh, you look at any of my early stuff, it's just like, I'm ripping off comic artists I love, painters I love. I'm mean, still cold ripping them off. I just like, I, I just couldn't even break out of it. Right. Um, but later on, I developed into my own style because that's what you're going to do anyway. Your voice is going to come out because you're not going to just be satisfied in replicating someone else's work. You're going to synthesize everything around you into your voice. Right. And, uh, uh, so when you, When you have a machine that can produce an artwork instantly, right? And it looks like something, like if that looks like a Rauschenberg, exactly like one, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, My my reaction as an artist would be like, well, that's really impressive, but that looks like a Rauschenberg as opposed to a (laughs) Thrawn. You know, like I don't want to make a Rauschenberg, like I want to make mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is my responsibility to change it into a vision that I have. Uh, through iteration and, um, uh, and change, right. Um, and this software, because it's referencing zillions and zillions of things should, and this is another thing that like, I don't see why they didn't do this. Like it should be able to internally understand what it's referencing and tell you this looks a lot like a so-and-so, a Keith Herring you know, are you sure you want to proceed with this? Like I can write no, interesting. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and it could, it could give you a prompt saying, this is an almost exact duplicate of this painting right here. So I don't know if you want to do this. Right. And, and the thing is like, I'm uh, the reason why i know that they, they could probably do that with this, with these AI is because this is what I do with my work using Google reverse image search search. like, the way that I find out that I am not inadvertently or unconsciously ripping off something that I that I reacted well to is I do take something I'm working on, put it in Google Image Search, reverse it, and look, because I try to be responsible about the art that I make because it's mine. You know, I don't want to rip people off, and I think that most artists, most real artists, are uninterested in ripping people off. And so, yes, this intentionally. Intentionally. Sure. And like, of course, like it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty vague area between like, are you referencing or it's an, as an homage or is this outright stealing? um. But like the intention I would imagine for any artist who considers themselves an artist is to make the work your own, not to coast by on somebody else's look. Right. And so if you treat this machine as a tool, then you'll, then you will do that. If you think of it as a Xerox machine, then uh, you won't. Then you won't produce art with it. You'll uh, produce copies. For, well, hold on a second. I, <laughs> I actually took.
0: Uh, I was a. I was an art major in, in, in grad school as well, mm-hmm. or not in grad school, in undergraduate. And I took a printmaking class, and one of the tools that we could do in printmaking was a Xerox machine. We actually, of used- course. Xerox machines to make art, <laughs> and yeah, they were oh, pretty yeah, interesting like, exactly. things. They were coming right. out of a Xerox machine, but right. I and mean, one to- we talked about
3: with uh, Andy Warhol. I mean, yes. Andy Warhol's uh, replication of other people's work. I was just and about his to arrangement about. of that other people's work is new art. Sure. Like, and we all agree. and largely, we all agree that that's true. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, two two things
0: I want to touch on that I think are very uh, important to deal with. One is, let's start with the idea of education. Uh, right now there's a lot of people who are coming out of schools where they're learning skill sets that suddenly f- they've spent a lot of time learning. Mm-hmm. And those skill sets suddenly seem obsolete. Yeah. Well,
3: talk to any English major and you'll get the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. that's how it goes, man. Like the skill set is not the art. It's, that's just stuff you learn to do.
0: I know, but I think people tend to confuse art and craft. Yes, I agree. Did we lose? We lost Dan for a second. Uh, I know. Eric, we'll continue with, with you for a second. What are your thoughts about education and how it's going to change people? I think
2: a lot of people are just going to, <clears throat> I think the whole art school thing is going to dwindle too. I do. I don't think people are going to, if they're going to be an artist, they're going to work a day job and, and then work be an artist at night, you know, Joseph Cornell or whatever, but I think it's, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if it's too many, it's just the, people think there's a guarantee and, and it's, it sucks. There isn't, you know, there isn't. And uh, working in visual effects as long as we have, we know that, or I know that. And um, you just have to constantly be moving ahead. And that's what I try to do. Uh, but I do think that, the, that people who go to school just expect, but, you know, that there's a job for them, but I don't you know. There isn't. It's changing. This it's everything is changing so fast. Yeah. Um in I've never seen tech change as dramatically as in the past year. I mean, it's just crazy. You know so I think the world will shift and people still have to work and want families and still produce art. I often felt like in the past year or two, like I wonder if art's going to go back to like the way the Medici's were, where they would sponsor artists and they make art just their sponsors.
0: Right. What, what about, what are your thoughts on uh, stock photos and how that's going to be completely disrupted through AI?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Stock photos. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do think it's, I do think when you reference somebody's style, that's their style. Um, and, um, it's, it is kind of, it's stealing in a way. That's why I literally posted my first time last night. It's been months because I was like, ah, but for me, I just use AI, like this job I did for the Japanese client. I did all this AI stuff just to get a sense of like mood and ideas for color and texture. And it worked. It was great. You know, I didn't say, Hey, here's my painting. It was just, this is a, a reference some my ideas, right. just like the stuff I'm doing now. And, uh, you know, I don't want to just put something out that looks like, uh, I artists work because I, I, I don't know, I'm just not comfortable doing that. And plus I don't want to, I want to just do my own thing, you know? And you can see traces of Rauschenberg or whatever else in my work, but I'm not, you know, copying it. So I think people look at it as just stealing. They got to step back and say, can you use it as a tool for inspiration and get your ideas out? Um, My stuff is all private, so I can just get my ideas and think. And it's it's great. And, you know, 90% of the time I don't use it, but there's some gems and they really, it's kind of strange. It's just like opens up this whole floodgate of. Uh,
0: yeah. It's interesting because you, you do share stuff with me often yes. and I, uh, I have, you know, I keep them on my phone. I don't, I don't share them necessarily with people. Uh, although now that you're making things more public, I'm going to share things more publicly about it. Uh, I help promote it. But what is interesting to me is that, uh, Every time I show it to people, they're they are so used to seeing AI that's, art that's weird but different or whatever, and it all kind of looks as It's Like I've never seen anything like what you've created. Like to them, it's like a lot of people thought that I'm just showing them old photographs. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, this is a no- wait a minute, what? And I was like, no, these are all. Because you make them, and I think you know, you even, you, you hinted I write as like, about you know, I tell them, It's like, no, I want this like it was shot in an instant, like instamatic well, camera, right?
2: For the my character for the graphic novel, even for the television show I was pitching, was he, he was gifted a camera. And right. so, everything is through that type of camera. And for the website, I just made it up, some stupid thing, but I like to give names and whole histories to, to each photograph. And um, it's just kind of, it's interesting because it, they're not real, but I made them real by just, if you go to my website, and to the, we'll put a link, you can see, and I'm just going to start adding it with all the names and the people and the history. And it's all fake. Not that, well, it's just kind of interesting how.
0: Well, it's not re- fake. It's, it's made up. It's in your mind.
2: <laughs> but that's, but gee, here's the beautiful thing. It's like, I still, I like to create every day, and okay, I'm just building this for my graphic novel, but I just, I, uh, you know, I like to be able to do it myself, and I think that's the painter in me, and, uh, you know, I think, not like trying to sell the show, which didn't work out, but it's fine As long as you get your ideas out and you keep going, um, I think you're good, and I think, even if you use AI just for ideas, you might be surprised at how it steers you and um, just towards uh, new directions and, and uh, ways of looking at things and composition and uh, happy mistakes and uh, things about yourself. So it's, I think it's great and I'm not scared of it because it's inevitable. It, the floodgates open too. So it's not like, I can, you know, say, <laughs> put it back in the bottle. It's open, right? But a lot of the, like I said before on our podcast, that a lot of it is stuff that you'd put in, you know, a dental or podiatrist's office. Like the artwork, it's horrible, but you know, it's their work. <clears throat> but it is repetitious, and and it's you know based on other kind of things that you can see in styles. But it's amazing and keeps the, the wheels going. But I think, uh,
0: do you remember back in the day, Eric, when they I would did. have those oh. at ad- those ads of uh, the hotel motel art sales. That Remember was those? Saturday
2: Night Live. Hotel motel art. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was Dan Aykroyd doing that. And uh, <laughs> look at this. GDN. Um But it was, uh, yeah, that's, that's, it's, there was a lot of that. There's a lot of that, but it doesn't mean it's, Everyone's contributing to something, but I definitely, I don't, I do think what Dan touched on or you touched on like 10, eight and a half, 10 minutes ago, I think where they're going to say, this looks like a Warhol. Are you sure you want to do it? That's going to come where you're going to get prompts, people, little things pop up and say, your image is too close to this. Right. And, and then
0: well, it. that could that, that that's true, mm-hmm. and that absolutely could come up, and I think it would be interesting if if and when it does. But the other thing is that a lot of these systems are trained, or the systems themselves. Hey, damn! No, it, sorry about that. Back.
3: That was. That's the most crashed my computer has ever been. Nice BSD. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stone cold. All, all right.
0: <laughs> right. Well, hopefully this will all work out. But anyway, I was talking about like, you know, uh, he he was talking about how, uh, what if the systems could recognize what you were mentioning, recognize that your image is starting to look a lot like this. And maybe you should consider that. I think that's a very interesting idea, but there are a lot of the other systems like stable diffusion, for example, that is an open source project and you can train, continue to train stable diffusion with whatever you want and do whatever you, so the openness to that is also you know, available to people to do.
3: Not um, to mention that I feel like we talked before, like I think there's there's actually a, a path here for artists who don't make a lot of money normally on their work to get compensated by having their work be part of uh, licensable image sets you know, via like Getty. No. Well, I, I've been watching. We guys. were just talking about the Getty they're images. Selling, like yeah, their selling.
0: their business model is completely disrupted now. Yeah, like, they
3: have to change literally everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I, I, I've been so, watching. Like, go ahead, Eric. There's guys that are now just selling um, their own sets of of uh, uh, models and uh, prompts.
3: Yeah, right. Like, look at the. That's that's my big advice. Is like, I understand that it's super super scary, you know. But like, look for the ways that it that uh, you can both practice art anyway as much as you can and look at how you can make money with it um, and take advantage of these changes as opposed to resisting them. Because if you resist them, it's, it's, so it's if, a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, what That's if it.
2: you basically in 10 years, you can make text to video. Somebody writes a prompt, which is their whole movie and just sells mm-hmm. the prompt. Sure. You own the prompt. <laughs> And then you can, right. As render, the yeah, As you can NFT, render the movie. Yeah, you can render the movie or not render the movie.
3: Well, this is this is the thing. It's like the what this, like I said, this is a perfect storm of a lot of elements. Right uh, when we first began the conversation, it's the, uh, I think that the initial reaction that people have, you know, people that are professional artists, illustrators, concept artists that are map painters, um, like this is their bread and butter, and suddenly they see this. Coming in and wiping out how they survive and feed their family. Like so that's where the initial fear comes from, right? Um uh but you have to think of it in 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 these terms, right? It's like uh like I make I for the longest time, for fifteen plus years, I was making money painting clouds and rocks and whatever it is. Now I'm one of the pep boys I was talking about. Like pep boys has gone into business, guys. That's what's happening right uh and that that's it you know um am i an artist well yes however what i have done for 15 years uh is spend most of my time quote as an artist doing work i would not have chosen to do for people uh for other people's work for other people's projects you know, like I have, I have, didn't, if I was really, you know, if it was really special to me to be a painter, I have actually been wasting my time. Because like what I have been, what I have been doing is just turning, turning tricks with my technique, you know. And, uh, and that's, that's a, I'm not, I'm not unhappy about that. It's not like I'm not proud of the work that I've done. But like I can't pretend like I, that, my profound artistic satisfaction in life came from painting rocks for car commercials. Like that's just an execution of my technique, right? If I love doing that, if I love the technique and I just love practicing it and all the time I've spent learning it and all that kind of stuff, nothing is stopping me from continuing to do that as art itself. You know, it's just like CG did not kill the careers of people who want to be stop-motion animators. Like, that is its own field, and it will remain It will remain that way even when AI can make stop-motion-looking movies. Because people still want to get in there and do the damn thing themselves. And there are people that want to pay to know that that's true. So there's still a model that you can build for yourself. It's just a different model than where you were at before. But once you start saying, this isn't art, then you're just reacting out of fear and wanting to say anyone who uses this is an enemy. Oh, oh
0: no. he crashed again.
3: No, No, you're back. Am I back? Yeah. Oh my God. Anyone it's who there. used it, right? anyone that if you're saying anyone who uses this is an enemy, right? That's from a place of fear within you because, uh, you're worried that your love for what you do can be defeated somehow. And I promise you, if you love it, it can't. How, how you interact with it, how you make money with it may change. Like, that's the truth. But if you love it, do it. Like, that's it. Like, if you actually love it, if this is your art, do that thing. Like, it doesn't matter if you make any money (laughs) on it at all. You know? And that's the, like, so I, I, like, if you want to get around this thing, think like an artist about it. Yeah, you know, you right gotta we're get thinking it out. Like Pep Boys, guys, like, like Pep Boys is going to unionize, so people bring them, bring us their cars anyway. Like, guys, what? <laughs> it's not yeah. not needed. So that's how it is.
0: Yep. Yeah. I and see. so to,
3: to connect it to what you just said, Eric, like, yes, they, I believe it's actually faster. Like in in probably five five to seven years, you're going to be able to generate um through iterations a terrific screenplay. Yeah. And it will automatically <clears throat> ask you if you want to render the film as the next step. And then you will direct the movie uh to the computer shot by shot and it will render it. And do I all think the voices. there was
0: there was actually someone definitely James, J- James Blevins was mentioning that there's a system that and it might be Adobe who's making it, where you just dump all your documentary footage and you into the system and you ask it the story you want to tell from the documentary, and it'll mm-hmm. edit it for you. Yeah, at least give you the first rough draft.
3: <laughs> oh my god, can, that'd be so, so wonderful! Crazy, yeah, my god. Yeah, because a, then you don't have to. That's draft? a lot
0: of tedious work to go through all that footage and just exactly.
3: That's crazy. Yeah, think about the, think about what you want. What What's the art that you want out of it? If you're making the film, right? Like, is it the fact that you want to go shoot it with a lens and actors? No one's going to stop you from doing that. You can still do that. That's not. And nothing's in the way. If it's having a finished work of art that moves people, then there's a lot of different paths to get there, including AI. Yeah. Like, think about what you're trying to do. Like, how is it you want to practice your art? Your art's in here, it's not in the nerve endings that did all the practice at college. <clears throat> the nerve endings that did all the practice in college? <laughs> True. Um, Te- Technique is not art art is in your heart sorry to be corny that's the truth yep well
0: uh i think it's very interesting and you know i i am i want to give i I, what's also been interesting to me is that i have been trying so hard to get people to come on this podcast specifically to give an opinion about what is upsetting them about AI, right? And what's interesting is that I have, I've gotten two reactions. One, people have literally ghosted me, really, or two, yeah, or two, Why? because I just want to have a discussion, and they only want, an, they don't want to have a discussion about it.
3: I think they, they want it. to say a thing about it. They want to say a thing, but they don't <laughs> right. want to have a discussion.
0: Right. And the other one is people who are who are reacting to it, say saying specifically. I don't that's want to be really public AI. about this because if I'm being public, then other artists who are against AI may actually be against me.
3: Oh yeah. for Wow. Sure. Yeah. No, in fact, like I've, uh, I would like, I really? said, I had a friend of a close friend who, uh, that's uh, is, nuts, Chris, like the, that, uh, this close, close friend of mine and I, like we really had a long and heartfelt dialogue about this. Right. And she's a very, a very important person in my life and I care about her very much. Sure. And um, and she was, you know, like I said, rightly very mad. I totally understand where she's coming yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I
0: want I want those opinions. I want people to right. have those discussions with me. Right. I'm actually um, really trying to get everyone to discuss this, and it's like the discussion is not what they want.
3: <laughs> it is. It is extremely. I was. I feel. Uh, I feel blessed that she was able to overcome her anger uh, to talk with me openly about this when she knew that I was pro uh ai <coughs> and uh and uh, i think that like trying to like having that kind of like because we were able to have a discussion about it i think i was able to at least uh allay some of her fears and um and she was able to clarify the things that she was truly <coughs> about to me like and so it didn't you know, like, we weren't taking extreme positions Sure. You know, and once you do that, then there's a way through. You know, like then we 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 can continue to say like there's a way through for <coughs> both of us in this, and we you know we love and we trust each other. We can do this, and it's going to be fine. You know, but it's when people refuse to talk, uh, or let the anger, let their anger get the better of them, that there's um uh, you know, like there's there's it makes things worse for everyone. Sure. They're
2: scared sure, though, sure. and I understand. I, I understand that. I do. It's it's, but at the same time, it's like, look, remember whenever we used to have roto departments, mm-hmm. and then they started <laughs> just shipping it out to somewhere else. Sure. And well, the thing that I would that. think
0: was hard for people in the roto departments is that that was the entry job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Why oh, know. You If you want to be a compositor. That's oh, where you and start. eventually become of If you want to be it, you start with Roto, then you go to be a compositor, then you become a lead compositor, then you become a compositing supervisor, then you become a digital effects supervisor, then you become a visual effects supervisor. And then
3: you win an Oscar. That's yes. the road, right? Yeah. It's like, it, Roto is like <laughs> when, uh, it like when Uma Thurman's in the box and kill Bill and she has to learn to punch through the wood with her hand. That's, <laughs> that's doing Roto. <laughs> But now that's good.
0: that job is gone, like you said, right? And it's not just gone because it went to cheaper places. It's gone because it went, out, you know. But the thing is, roto really almost got replaced, like through education, because if you went, there used to be. There's now schools where you learn how to composite, and you can go right from school to being a compositor. Mm-hmm. There was no school to be a compositor right. back then, so you started with roto and you learned as you go.
3: That's right. Um, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Then it's like I, like I feel like, though what we should imagine is all of our jobs are going to be taken by AI. Let's imagine that. Okay. Sure. Every no matter what you love to do, so AI is going to be able to make make it faster, and
0: they'll make way faster. more interesting podcasts than this
3: one too. This is true, right? <laughs> and so that's how it works. So, uh, you're and so the, the whatever the economy then has to shift to like, you know. Uh paying everyone in America a oh. dividend from american a i and that's how we have money to buy stuff, so oh, our lives okay. are paid for <laughs> wonderful just uh so, just so we can have some sort of you know thing to tell, like a i totally takes over you don't have a job, but don't worry, you still can eat and your you know your kids are fine and all this stuff like mm-hmm. it's imagine that everything is taken care of for you, and uh you can do anything with your day that you want <coughs> yeah. what do you do? Do you still do roto? no. Okay, then don't be a roto artist. Do you still paint, even though it takes yeah. forever? Then paint. I mean, I,
2: I would be t- turning out what I can to clean
3: the pipes every day. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But if I, you love that practice of that, if that's the way you want to practice it, nothing's stopping you from doing that. But do it because you love it, and that's what AI is giving us: is the room to practice what we love and to get to the things that we love faster if the technique isn't the thing that turns us on
0: i think what's interesting is the interest in art has gone up exponentially Mm -hmm. Mm. and i'm seeing way more things like yes like you said you know kim kardashian riding a dolphin with you know staplers for her hair yeah the the what's interesting to me is that someone has that idea in their head Mm mm-hmm
3: absolutely (laughs) it may not necessarily be the best thing but i love the fact that someone has that idea so someone who who never uh who would have no skill at drawing (coughs) who has crazy ideas and can't stop thinking about them and and just thinks like i can't draw i'll never be able to get these ideas out now has a way to do that right that's great and if they have great ideas they will be seen yep these are great things and i think it's and i think uh, you know it's also made people think very hard about what art is which i think is a healthy thing to do right yeah. Yes.
0: It's interesting. I heard someone told me the other day, um, who happens to work at a in a company that makes hardware that facilitates a lot of this AI stuff. But anyway, you mentioned it's like this there's a, there's mm. these moments in technology where you're like, oh my god, this is gonna change everything. Like, you know, the iPhone came along or whatever that was, right? So smart smartphones, to me, I actually saw it before the iPhone, believe it or not. There was a there was a phone called or not a phone. It was there was a uh, Palm Pilot and then there was something called handspring. Do you remember Handspring, oh, Eric? Yeah. <laughs>
3: no. They was handspring. a spin-off
0: spin-off of Palm Pilot and they had a they had a thing. It was like, oh, it's like a little portable computer and I can, you know, it's you know, it's a palm pilot, right? they had this calendar and everything else, but they had a plug-in where like you can plug in a cellular thing into it and you can do Computer things connected to the internet with this thing, and I was like, "Uh-oh, this is going to change everything." You're going to have a computer in your pocket,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: I was just shocked. And then obviously, the iPhone came along and just said, "We're going to do that thing, like the hands, like the you know palm trio, but we're going to do it the Apple way," and it blew up, right? Mm-hmm. And I think now this is what is happening. Like this mm-hmm. is this is going to change everything that we do, right? Search is going to, to change. change everything.
3: Everything. Change. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think what's really funny is that like this, like, you know, if you know anything about how, say just how you know, stable diffusion works, like it's a, it's a parlor trick. It's not like some, yeah, it's not like Skynet. That's what it it's is. that's just a, that's what a fucking denoising program. <laughs> like, that's what well, is. it is, it is,
0: it is true. But, but the, the way that that works can affect a whole lot of things. Like, for example, yes. as another thing, like, Search is going to change. Mm-hmm. The way you search things, it's going to change. Obviously, ping uh Bing is already changing, and we already know that there's misinformation problems and all this. There's a lot of things that are gonna, gonna be very, very disrupted. But when you start messing with search, you're gonna mess with the entire internet. Yeah. Because search engine optimization, which is what everyone has been using SEO. to gain the system to profit off of the internet mm-hmm. is going to be completely <coughs> turned on its head and the entire internet and the entire existence of how we get information and what that information is, is going to be completely disrupted. Mm-hmm. Uh Which I think is probably about time. Honestly, I think speaking. so. <laughs> I
3: didn't I mean like, I, I see it. Like, I think what's really interesting is like all these things that are happening. I mean, I just, while I was waiting for my computer reboot, like, I saw that uh, they, let's see if I even have the article here. It is, uh, uh, they're using stable diffusion to um, take the data of uh, uh, brain scans and reconstruct I saw that. imagery.
0: And I was Did like- Did you see that? Did you see that, Eric?
3: Yeah. yeah. I was just like, whoa, I just watched until the end of the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's really wild. That's yeah. Really wild. I kind of look at AI, or
2: at least um diffusion uh, mid journey is like uh it's like spoken word. You just put these words together and all of a sudden you have something else. And it there's something beautiful about it. It really is. Something I, very I, artful about it. Yeah, I agree.
0: I do I, I do want to uh because you know, first of all, people who who've never heard of Martini Giant should realize that our podcasts go th- three hours. <laughs> and we're not gonna do that, subject people to a three hour podcast here because I don't want to go into that. But uh, I would like you guys, or one of you guys. Uh, well, so actually, we'll go with you, Daniel. If you were to describe people, okay, what is Martini Giant? Tell tell people what it is. <laughs> people have an
3: idea. Uh, okay, the quick sum up is that um, we uh, we all love movies deeply, and we love talking about them. Uh, we're all uh, in the movie business to one degree or another, or have been, and uh, and so we have this sort of uh, slightly inside baseball look at how movies are made and um and we uh we treat it like it's like we you know, we started because we were sitting down uh you know at uh, the firehouse bar and grill in uh uh in venice just talking about movies left and right and it just made sense to start doing it in front of a microphone so it's very much like a casual hangout uh deep deep dive into literally anything that pops into our heads uh, Eric has tremendous uh, history in actually physically making films in New York City with some uh, pretty big art directors. Uh, and uh, Chris has obviously worked in some of the biggest VFX uh, films of all time. Uh, and I am one of the biggest movie nerds you've ever heard talk. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. Uh,
0: Daniel is pretty close to being a walking IMDb. Yes. Uh, uh, and Eric is uh, very, very closely uh, very similar in a lot of ways, but they have very different perspectives. And I tried to facilitate <clears throat> the conversation.
3: I like good uh, films,
2: and Dan likes.
3: No, I'm just <laughs> like no, you are completely right. We have to. <laughs> that's you are completely right. Like oh, I, like sure. the best thing you can say about God, me is I like movies that? so much. I don't care if they're bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and most of the movies. So usually what we do is every, uh, they come out every two weeks because they're a three hour podcast. We don't subject people to have to listen to a three hour podcast every week. So we do them every two weeks to, to spread them out a little bit. Uh, but they are, um, we usually talk about, we can talk about movies that are popular or well known, but rarely do we. We actually tend to talk about movies that you may not have gotten a chance to see or you maybe never heard, but you should have. Yeah. And so one of the things we do is we say, it's like movies you never got around to seeing and now you don't have to <laughs> because we basically spoil the whole film for you and you guys get to, to talk, you know, see it that way. But, um, we're very interested in, in, in your, you know, if you guys want to know more about Martini giant, just go to martinigiant.com and check it out. Cause, uh, I'd love to have you. I'll uh, we'll put the link to my,
2: my mid journey yeah. blog.
0: And it's different yeah. than obviously CG garage where I do lots of different interviews, but uh, also should note that martini giant came from CG garage. It started off when I was like running low on material and I would say, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to have Dan on and we're going to talk about star Wars. That's, you know, that's what we did. And then Eric started joining us and we started talking about alien, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And we started just getting into it. And I said, Hey, we're doing enough of this stuff that we can just do a spinoff, kind of like, uh, you know, uh, All in the Family and the Jeffersons, right? So
3: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is Norman Lear of uh, Star Wars.
0: <laughs> we are the, Jeffersons <laughs> came out of All in the Family, right? That's how it went, yes, right? Yes, that's correct. Yes. Yeah. So, we, the, so Martini Giant is the Jeffersons and All in the Family is CG Garage. And
3: it all comes <laughs> down to the kid in the hospital in San Elsewhere. And we're all part of that world. Right. In, uh, in the end.
0: Right. I'm sure people are going to say like a Marvel reference instead of that. But, you know, yeah. that's <laughs> that's our generation. We're all Gen Xers. So. Right. All right. Well, thanks to you guys so much for being part of this. Hopefully, uh, uh, every, uh, uh, yeah. we'll have a discussion. If you guys want to hear you know, more from us, you can always go to, uh, to Martini Giant. Uh, but also, you know, continue to obviously to listen to CG Garage because there's a lot of discussions there. But also... As I think I've tried to make it clear, if you have a point of view about AI that you would like to share with us, specifically if you have a point of view that's saying, hey, I think there's something wrong with this and I'd like to share that opinion, I would love to have you on. I am not going to be very defensive about AI. I I still can't believe
2: people didn't want to come on because of that. That's really strange.
0: Yeah, it's very strange. Um, It's
3: just odd. I've been really trying to have this conversation and I- it, like, because that's how mad they are, and they know like getting getting that mad on air is not going to be fun for anybody, including them. Right. You know? Right.
0: But I'm sure someone has a constructive argument <laughs> that they can give me. It's, it's so, out
3: there. People have very reasonable yeah. points of view on this. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right.
3: I'm sorry. People that's okay. Like that, it's okay.
0: Know? It's all right. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Thank that you. Was that was
2: great. Thanks for having us.